Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Good morning to all of you that are in the room and to uh, the hundreds, if not thousands of you that are at home. So those in the room, you may be seated. Uh, Shelby, if you don't mind putting a photo, uh, my, my screen on the, the, the photo on my laptop on the screen. Perfect. This, when you go to Jerusalem, friends, is one of the two possible places where Jesus was buried. Uh, there's the two traditions, and especially in the Catholic uh, Orthodox tradition, there's this amazing old, old church right in the center of Jerusalem. And the thought is when you go into that building that deep underneath the ground is somewhere where Jesus was buried. And then uh, probably have maybe 50 years ago, 75 years ago, another possibility, and it's called Gordon's Calvary. And it's just inside the, the walls of the old Jerusalem. And this place matches almost every single thing that the scriptures talk about. And so most followers of Jesus feel that this place uh, is the garden. And I want to read a passage to you as we're, getting, we're actually getting ready to give our tithes and our offerings, friends. So this is the offering story. But Matthew chapter 27, it says this, verse 57. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. And Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and he placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. And he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance of the tomb, and he went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. And friends, those of you that have been to Jerusalem, you will know that this venue here, in order for me to get in, I have to duck down. So it's, it's about five feet high. And you can almost see a roundness of where a stone would be if this had been covering this on this, on this photograph. And friends, can I say that perhaps the most expensive gift that was given to Jesus at his death was, just, was this gift of Joseph of Arimathea, this brand new tomb that he has excavated for himself and for his family, he gives it to Jesus. Friends, if you go to Jerusalem, there's a fascinating part of the tour. When you're on the Mount of Olives and you walk down towards the city gates to be able to go into Jerusalem, you pass uh, large, large funeral sites where graves are. And that is the most expensive property in all of the world to be buried in. And a new tomb there, friends, in today's price is in the millions, if you can find to be able to be buried within view of Jerusalem. And so for this man, Joseph, to have a tomb, a personal tomb, inside the city walls, he was a very wealthy man. And the Bible says that he has this God thought. doesn't say he had a God thought, but he clearly had a God thought. I'm going to give up all of my legacy, as it were, for this tomb to be given to Jesus, to be buried in. And friends, that's perhaps the most generous gift that was given at the resurrection, or sorry, at the, at the um, burial of Jesus was this man. 
And friends, I just want to say that for everyone who's a follower of Jesus, it's our privilege to be able to give to Jesus, to give our tithes, our offerings, to give our time, to give our abilities, to give our heart. And so church family, I just want to say thank you so much for all of you who are givers. And uh, on the screen right now is a number of different ways that you're able to give. And for those of you that happen to be in the building today, we have two ways for you to give at the door as you're walking out. Uh, there's a box that you can put your gift in, or if you're wanting to use a debit machine or credit card machine, you can go into the coffee shop at the end of the meeting to be able to give your gift there. And most of our church family, for those of you that are new watching or in the building, 85% of our church give through our online app. And so that's perhaps the best way to do that. So be like Joseph, uh, bless the Lord, and uh, thank you for your gifts today. God bless you. Great. Well, church, we are beginning a brand new series, and this month we are talking about encountering the Holy Spirit. And I have good news for everybody is that next Sunday, our founding pastor, John Arnott, is going to be here, John and Carol. And we are, for the month of April, going to be focusing on Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And in that passage, it talks about that the believers were together in a room. Jesus had said, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. They had no clue what that was going to be like, but they're waiting. 120 at this time we're meeting. And you remember the Bible says that fire came and landed on them, and they looked around and everyone's got fire on them. And it, they were being filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, as John the Baptist had prophesied. And so John Art's going to talk about fire. And then in two weeks, David Benet, who leads our school of ministry, he's going to be here and he's going to talk about the wind. And the Bible says that thousands of Jewish people who happened to be in the city heard wind, heard a tornado, and they gathered to this one spot, which was right, right outside where the, the fire was. And so wind gathered them, and then the Holy Spirit kept on coming. And the next thing we know is that these 120 believers are so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit that people say that they're drunk with wine. And so Dan Slade who's perhaps the best drinker in our group, is going to be here the last Sunday of uh, April, and he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit as wine. And so, friends, we just want to say, get ready. We're going to do our best to impart for all of you that are at home to be able to give away the Holy Spirit. I had a briefing with John Arnott even on Friday. Sandra and I took the opportunity to go to Stratford and have a meal with John and Carol before lockdown started and uh, just briefed him on what to do. And it's like, John, you can give away the Holy Spirit without touching people. And he's, uh, you know how John looks, uh, he sort of does that little reverse grin. And it's like, yes, you can do that. And for those of you that happen to be in the building next Sunday, you're not going to have hands laid on you, but at the end of the broadcast, we're going to have about another 10, 15 minutes to be filled Holy Spirit time just for those of you who are in the building. Great. Our theme for the year is the awakening, and this is our theme verse for the year. You know it is a strategic hour in human history. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Night is dissolving away and a new day of destiny dawns. And friends, we chose this verse before we knew about COVID, before we realized all of the things that are happening. And if we're ever in an interesting time to be able to move forward and know that we're in strategic hours, we're in it, friends. And this is really good. If you're like a little humor, on uh, yesterday, I posted on my Facebook page, I usually do a dad joke of the day. And so yesterday, I was predicting the end of the world because it's the fourth month, the third day, and it's like four, three, two, one. So it was like, today's the explosion day, and it's Resurrection Sunday. And so how fitting is the date that today's not just a resurrection memory for us and remembering that Jesus died on this day. It's not, sorry, died, resurrected on this day. 
But even our calendar was pointing to 4321. And it's like amazing. How does God do those kind of things? Today we're talking about the power of the resurrection. And I showed you this tomb where Jesus probably was there. And I want you again just to picture how big that rock was that's surrounding the, uh, this. And Joseph puts it in front of the, the, the door. And then later on, the, the Romans are going to seal it. They're going to cement it into place. And here's an amazing thing, friends. Matthew chapter 28, I want you to look at the power of this resurrection. There was a violent earthquake. Emphasis on violence. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and he sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. Friends, I have this little theory that this is the most powerful expression of God in human history once humans were on planet Earth. We'll talk about that in just a moment. It says the guards that were there, a Roman detachment, were so afraid of this angel that they shook and they became like dead men. They fell to the ground. And two possibilities, friends, for this. It's they fall down fainting that they've just been blinded by this amazing light because the angel is in full glory, not hidden like a human being, but functioning as a full angel. And they see this and they're just so afraid they, they faint. Number two, it's a power encounter. When the angel shows up, it's a boom and the ricochet of the glory of this angel hits them and they poof on the ground. They fell like dead men, the Bible says. And the angel says to the women that quickly gather, do not be afraid. Can you imagine ladies showing up to embalm Jesus? They're thinking, how are we going to roll away this stone? And they get there, and here's a detachment of Roman soldiers on the ground, shaking. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness. I wish I could be there. By the way, friends, when you get to heaven, you'll be able to buy the DVD of that full life. It's all been recorded, so you'll be able to see it. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. And just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And so the angel invites them to go into that tomb. And then go and quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. And there you will see him. Now I have told you. And so the women hurried away from that tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him. These ladies clasped his feet and they worshiped him. Friends, I think that this is the most powerful exhibition of God's power from the day that the world was created. And if you remember, the Bible says that the world was created, the universes were created by a word of God. In fact, the Bible says it's a thought word, not a, even a spoken word, but a thought of God. And boom, the universe is created, planets, stars, earth as we have it. And over those six days as God's creating the world by thoughts, Boom, 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 boom. And here, I think, once people are inhabiting planet Earth, this is the most dramatic power encounter of God to make a statement. And it says a violent earthquake. It says that an angel appears in full glory. His, his garments are like lightning, flashes of light. It's just spectacular. I don't know if he had wings or not. I don't know if angels have wings, but he's not looking like a human being. They know who he is. He is an angel by his glory. 
And even though there's this monstrous rock that it would take, I don't know, 20 of us potentially to move that rock, and it happens to be sealed, it's cemented in place, and this angel just rolls it away, and the soldiers go, (gasps) and on the ground they are. It's a power display, friends. Why was God making a power statement? Well, Jesus rose. And one other thing that I didn't put in the notes here, but if you've seen any of the documentaries about the Shroud of Turim, the, the probable cloth of Jesus, uh, I, if, if one of the, the videos I watched about that had a German physicist who's not a follower of Jesus, and this lady is, after examining the Shroud of Turin, is saying this is the cloth of someone who has been raised from the dead from the inside out and said that there is so much power has been shot out of this body that it has put an X-ray onto the cloth, the shroud that's on his body. And so if you've seen any of the, the movies and documentaries about the Shroud of Turin, if it's the body of Jesus, it is, it is a wrap that has been so um, power-filled with the power to raise someone from the dead that it has X-rayed into the fabric and it's still there 2,000 years later to be able to be seen. It has not diminished. That's the power of God, friends. Why so much power? Are you saying that? Say it with me. Why so much power? Well, thank you. I'm glad you asked. I got four reasons for the power. Number one is that very same power is available for you and me. The Holy Spirit is available for you and me. And the first thing is we get to be born again. Friends, the Christian faith, as Lillian talked about when we had communion together, when we had mass together, the Christian faith takes the power of God for you to go from death to life. You can become a lot of different things by just thinking it. You can quit your job by saying, I quit. You can get married by saying, I do. To become a follower of God isn't just recite a prayer, but it takes a supernatural power encounter of God to actually cause your spirit to be born again. And the Bible says when we give our heart and we we understand with our heart and with our head that Jesus died for us, when we understand that we have sin and that sin can only be dealt with through a power encounter. When we understand that and every part of us is going, yes, I believe, that's when the Holy Spirit takes over. And it's like when I say I quit from a job, yes, there's consequences, but usually I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about quitting. And so when I say I quit, maybe there's a sense of relief. But when I say, Jesus, I give you my life, I'm a sinner, would you cause me to be born again? It's not just our words, it's not just our thoughts, but while we're thinking that and feeling that, God comes and our spirit, which has been destined for hell to be separated from God in a flash, just like the the resurrection in a flash, all of a sudden we go from death to life and we go from being a human being with no destiny to being a human being that is born again And now we have a relationship with Jesus. And that's because of the spirit of God. Paul says the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in me. We're going to look at that verse in just a moment. Number two is we get to live forever, friends, even when we die. 
Do you remember Jesus went to the funeral of a friend of his named Lazarus? His two sisters, Mary and Martha, had told him ahead of time that he wasn't in good health and could, they, could he come quick? And he purposely delayed. He had this God thought that said, no, I'm not going to go right away. I think God's got something better. And I don't know if Jesus knew what that better was. But when he got there, found out that Lazarus, his friend, has been in the grave for three days already. And the theory for the Jewish people is that three days and it's done. No one can be resurrected after that. And here, Mary and Martha come out to visit Jesus. When they hear that Jesus has arrived, they go there and it's like, oh, you're so late if you'd come earlier. And remember a couple months ago, Jonatus, our youth pastor, preached on this passage about hope and the resurrection. It was a great sermon. But friends, when Jesus is meeting these two sisters, this is what he says. I am the resurrection and the life, and the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Friends, the moment that we close our eyes and we take our last human breath, it's not over. That flash, that second, that uh, momentary, our eyes close, and then they're open in the spirit, and all of a sudden we're with God and we're living forever, is what the Bible says. In the twinkling of an eye, faster than you can blink, when our physical body dies, we are alive with God forever, enjoying his fellowship forever. Friends, that's the power of God. In the same way that Jesus is raised with a power encounter, earthquakes, angels, our transition from this life into eternity is in that same powerful moment, friends. In the twinkling of an eye, in a flash, we're with God forever. Amazing because of the Holy Spirit. Number three, I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones, is we get to flow in signs and wonders. Here's a verse from Acts chapter four. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So by the way, friends, the first sermons that are happening after Pentecost, in fact, the very first sermon on Pentecost Sunday, as we know it, Acts chapter two, Peter refers to the resurrection. And the first sermons of the followers of Jesus after the Holy Spirit has descended, after 120 are filled with the Holy Spirit, now another 3,000. The first sermons were all about Jesus has risen. The whole city of Jerusalem knew that there was this controversy because remember the, the soldiers were bribed to say, no, no, uh, his disciples came and stole the body. Well, the problem is 500 people have now seen Jesus physically, know that his body wasn't stolen. By the way, friends, you want to watch a great movie this afternoon? Uh, go to Netflix, go somewhere, look up Risen. Risen, just one word. Amazing Hollywood movie all about the Roman centurion that is capturing Barabbas. He is uh, sent to make sure that Jesus is dead on the cross. He is then sent to figure out who stole his body and where is his body. And he has an encounter with Jesus in the movie. It's a great a great Hollywood movie, Risen. Anyways, it says that the disciples, their first sermons are all about the resurrection. This is the challenge to the people of Jerusalem. He's alive. And everyone who's saw and heard that he died, been crucified, heard the rumors that he'd been raised to life, they're going, no, he did rise from the dead. This is the sermon. And it says that God's grace was with the apostles and was so powerfully at work in them all. Every one of these 12 followers of Jesus we're now doing signs and wonders. It was not just Jesus, friends, that was doing the signs and wonders. While Jesus was on planet, 
planet Earth, God used him. And you remember that Jesus seven times in John's gospel says, I can do nothing by myself. I can only do what I hear, what I, what I see, and what my heart knows, what my spirit knows. Basically, Jesus is saying, everything that's happening to me is because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And John chapter, sorry, Acts chapter 10, verse 27 and 28, it says this, that you know what happened beginning at the baptism of Jesus, how Jesus of Nazareth went around doing good and healing all because God was with him. And God anointed Jesus. Friends, every miracle that Jesus did on planet Earth was not because he was the son of God, even though he is. It's because he's the son of man, an ordinary human being who laid aside his God qualities, put those off to the side. I'm not gonna touch, and touch those, but I'm gonna tap into the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna lean into the anointing. I'm going to follow the will of God as he directs me, eyes, ears, spirit, connection. And whatever he says to do, I'm gonna do it. And miracles, friends, happened and now here's the 12, the apostles, and they're functioning in the very same format. They're able to see the sick healed. They're able to see miracles take place. And friends, it says at the very end of this verse, all. How many of you that are watching, how many of you in the building are in the word all? That's me. Are you in the word all? Every single person, the moment that we give our life to Jesus and become born again by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God to make us born again has to be inside us. And friends, we now get to be a blessing to all the people around us who have needs, who need a touch of God, who need wisdom, who need to be able to feel the love of God. That's our role, friends. We get to be filled with the Spirit and to function as Jesus did, representing Jesus, doing signs and wonders, helping people. Last thing, we get to experience partnership with the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote this amazing verse, 2 Corinthians. I've already quoted it. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, grace means the forgiveness, the mercy of Jesus, that he forgives us of our sins, and the love of Father God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When Paul's writing this conclusion to the church in Corinthians, he's saying that one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to have fellowship with us. And fellowship is this nice, uh, Greek word that means to hang out with us. It's the idea, friends, of you and I sitting in a coffee shop and spending an hour and just talking about whatever we want to talk about, enjoying each other's company, feeling good about each other, inspiring each other, encouraging each other. And that's the role of the Holy Spirit, friends. And that very same power that raised Jesus from the dead when you and, I, you and I can have fellowship, we can have an engagement with God, the Holy Spirit. And he wants to be able to come to you and to me and to be able to minister to me, to be able to encourage me, to be able to help me, to be able to speak life into me. And so friends, I can have God thoughts any time of the day. And it's the Holy Spirit that's talking to me. It's the Holy Spirit that's saying, be nice to this person right now. It's the Holy Spirit that's saying, I'm going to organize this for you. It's the Holy Spirit that's that I have given my life to. And friends, I try every morning when I wake up. I didn't say it this morning, but I'm saying it right now. Come, Holy Spirit. That's my, one of my first prayers in the morning when I remember is to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Come and be with me for the rest of the day. Help me, lead me, guide me. And we're stealing from this verse here of having fellowship. We're having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And friends, the Holy Spirit is not just a power. 
He is powerful. But the Spirit of God is a person. And the Bible says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can upset the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, by our, our reactions, can just step away and say, you don't want to be with me? All right, I'll back up. And friends, that's a terrible place. And you remember the Bible talks about one of the worst sins that we can do is to say no to the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. And the Holy Spirit just backs up, backs up, backs up. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves away from the Holy Spirit. And friends, today, Resurrection Sunday, this is a day for us to thank the Lord for what he did for us and to push in and say, we'd like that partnership. If it's on offer, if the offer is that I can be filled with the Holy Spirit, that I can be born again, that I can live with God, I can live for God, I can do all the God stuff, I'm saying yes, friends. I'm looking forward to that. I, I want to encourage you, church family, that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is these little God thoughts that you get, the random thoughts that come to you. So I'll just tell you one that was very recent, even yesterday. Uh, two weeks ago, we had one of the gentlemen in our church who is an arborist. He uh, uh, prunes trees, and so we needed that done. And so Sam came to our house, and he spent the morning, and he's cutting down uh, stuff. He's making the, our backyard a little nicer, more sun gets in for the garden boxes that we have, et cetera. So he's there doing all that kind of stuff. We live in a court, and he parked his big truck uh, accidentally on the lawn of one of our neighbors about four houses away. And it was a nice wet day the day before. And so when he drove his big truck off, he tore up the grass without realizing that he tore up the grass. Didn't know that he'd done that. And when Sandra and I went for a walk that day, and it was like, oh boy, look at this. Oh boy, oh boy. And I just thought, you know what? That's our responsibility. And so waited for the car to be home from the, our, these are brand new neighbors. They just moved in the last two months. So I got to know the, the man from his door, like waved one day when they, maybe the second day that they're into the house, found out his name's Steve, which is a godly guy, obviously. Uh, so I went over and a couple weeks ago said, when the weather's better, I'm going to take responsibility. That was one of our guys that was uh, fixing our backyard. He parked there, didn't realize he's done that. I'm going to look after this. Is that okay? And he goes, thank you very much. And so yesterday, went over just afternoon and said, are you good if I fix the, uh, the yard today, if I go get some garden soil, grass seed, do all that kind of stuff? He goes, thank you very much. Did it, had some extra grass seed, went up to his door, gave him the extra grass seed. He'd already agreed that he was going to be watering. And I just said, thank you. And you know what? This guy opened his heart to me yesterday. Just from a simple thing of saying, it's your responsibility to fix that, those tire tread marks in his grass. He didn't do that. Your guys did that. They didn't know they did it. So Steve, you do that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is going to start a relationship. Well, you know, the other thing, it just happens that another couple have lived across the street from those guys. Turns out they're followers of Jesus. She tried to win me to Jesus during one of my walks, which was cool. Uh, let, her, let her go down that process. Uh, they go to a church just around the corner from where we live in the community. Uh, anyways, uh, the day that I was going to go over to introduce myself and say, you know, this is my problem, can I look after it? Before I went there, they were there out, uh, outside their house playing with their, their, uh, their daughter, and so I just went over and said hi to them. 
And I told them what I was going to do. I said, have you seen your neighbors? No, we haven't. I said, well, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to do. And friends, that's started them thinking about how to care for the neighbors better and how to extend the love of God and the mercy and grace of Jesus, how to extend the love of Father God. Friends, we do these things because we partner with the Holy Spirit. And the, the Holy Spirit helps us to love other people as God would love them, and to experience the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus. Those of you that are at home right now, I'd like you to stand up with me. Those of you that are in the room, I'd like you to stand up with me. And we're just going to have a time of ministry right now. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit. We're going to welcome his power to come. If you're in the room and you're with people in your bubble and wanted to uh, hold a hand, if you're someone significant beside you or put a hand on your child or put a hand on the shoulder of the person that is in your bubble, not a stranger. If you're at home and there's people that are there, I'd like you again just to hold someone's hand, put your hand on their shoulder. And let's physically connect in the very same way that the Spirit of God wants to connect with us. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Welcome your presence. Friends, I'm going to pray through these four things. And the very first thing that I talked about was that we can be born again by the Spirit of God. And I know that Lillian's already had an opportunity to talk to you and to encourage you to choose Jesus. But I want to do that again. And if you're in this room, you're at home, and you're realizing well, I don't know that I've got that born-again kind of connection with God. I don't know that my spirit has changed. I don't know that I've actually become a follower of Jesus. Friends, you can do that right now. And how about you just say this with me? Jesus, forgive me my sins. You died on a cross on Good Friday years ago. And today you rose from the grave to prove my sins are forgiven and that there's an eternity to be entered into. Death does not hold me. And I choose to follow Jesus today, to give the rest of my life to him. I choose that. Now, if you've just said that, just close your eyes and just begin to feel the Spirit of God coming into you, on you. Those of you in the room, those of you that are watching that have already given your life to Jesus, just close your eyes and remember what it's like for the Spirit of God to come. And friends, this is that same Holy Spirit that with a power surge burst Jesus from death back to life imprinted, tattooed into his shroud, his body image. An angel in full regalia appears, pushes the stone away single-handed, even though it's cemented. A violent earthquake. And friends, that same power is inside us and forgives us of all of our sins. 
the spirit of Jesus comes and washes us clean. And we can say, I'm born again. Because the spirit has come. And friends, the second thing that we talked about was we get to live forever because of the spirit of God in us. I want you to think of this simple thing. If you don't have the spirit of God in you, you don't have life in you. You don't have anything eternal inside you. But the moment we give our life to Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, Holy Spirit, same thing, same person, comes and lives in us forever. That we can have eternal life, John 3.16. And if you've got the spirit of God inside you, that is your guarantee that even though our physical body will die someday, we are already alive, friends. We don't start living after we die. We're already eternal because the spirit of God that is eternal is at work and is living inside me and inside you. That's good news, friends. Already eternal. In fact, Father God, the Bible says, already sees me seated in heavenly places. God already knows where I'm going to live in planet Earth, or so not planet Earth, in heaven with him forever. I'm living here on planet Earth, but my destiny, where God sees me, isn't actually here. He sees me already with him. He's got a place reserved for me. And by the way, church family, if any of you are sitting a little closer to the throne when, you, when we get there, please invite me up for a look, because you know I'm not sure where I'm going to be sitting, but if you got better seats, let me know, please. Come and find your pastor. Number three, we get to flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10, 38. God's power came on Jesus at his physical baptism. Remember, the Spirit of God came down from heaven. It looked like a dove was landing. Ooh, plop. And everyone heard God's voice say, this is my son. I love this boy. Steve Long's translation. And he was filled with the Spirit. And if you read the fine print of the Bible, the moment that the Holy Spirit landed on Jesus at his baptism, poof, he disappeared. Disappeared. All of a sudden, he's in, he's in the desert for 40 days of temptation. But he, he didn't get up out of the water, leave, gave him a towel. No, <laughs> poof, he's gone. It's a power demonstration of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit can do. They saw the Spirit descending, looking like a dove, landing on Jesus. And the Bible says that when he came out of the desert 40 days later, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. Fully charged of the Holy Spirit. Unable to heal the sick. Every single sick person that came to Jesus and asked for help was help, helped. Everybody that Jesus went to and said, I want to care for you. I want to free you from those demons. Every single person that Jesus went to had a change because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Those of you followers of Jesus, church family, those in the room at home, just put your hands out. Holy Spirit, we want more, please. We want to be more anointed than we are right now. Can you feel something on your hands, friends? Those of you in the room, if you... If you can feel the Holy Spirit on your hands, just say, yep, yep, or yes, or yep. Friends, the tingling that I'm feeling on my hands right now is not me. 
That's the closeness of the Spirit of God. And his anointing on me is for others. It's to be able to help people, to bless people, to heal the sick, to be able to pray for breakthroughs. I want to pray for a couple things real quick, friends. I talked to one of the ladies coming into the building today, uh, lost her job during COVID. And so I want to pray for everyone who's needing a job. And so Holy Spirit, we're asking that we'd be able to see these kind of breakthroughs, that the Spirit of God is able to help us as we present ourselves for interviews and things like that. Father, we're asking for breakthroughs to be able to find jobs. Some of us have health issues. Holy Spirit, would you come into our bodies and cleanse our bodies from every sickness and every disease right now? Holy Spirit, come. Come. Friends, the fourth thing is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that he always wants to be with us. And I think he'd ask us a question today. I think the Holy Spirit would say this, would you like me to always be with you? And what's your answer, church? Yes, please, never leave me. I choose, Holy Spirit, to have you active in my life. And the same Spirit, the same power of God, the same person who raised Jesus from the dead is at work in me, is at work in me, is what Paul the Apostle said. And so, Holy Spirit, I welcome character change in my life. I welcome transformation in my life. I welcome you to change my thought pattern, which often is not positive. Welcome you to change those things so that I become more like Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family at home, we have a bonus for you. Every single Sunday, we have an amazing group of people that is ready to minister to you. And so if you switch over to the link that's on the, on the, in the chat, and if you're uh, able to go to our website, ctftoronto.com slash getprayernow, we have some amazing people in their homes, and you're going to switch to a Zoom format, and they're going to pray with you personally. So if you need someone to pray with you this morning, you'd like someone to pray with you, go to that link, ctftoronto.com slash getprayernow. It's on the screen right now. And friends, if you said that you were giving your life to Jesus today, definitely go there and just tell the person in the, um, in the, the, the greeter who's going to be talking to you first when you arrive, just say, I need to have someone pray with me. I've just given my life to Jesus. And they've got some wonderful people that will minister to you. Amen. God bless you, friends. Next Sunday, John Arnott's going to be here. Looking forward to another Sunday talking about the Holy Spirit and fire. God bless you. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.